Welcome to the PSD cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this episode, we're discussing a unique approach to wireless power. Now, we've covered wireless power before on this show, whether it's inductive wireless charging, inductive resonant wireless charging, or RF-based wireless charging, but this is something new. Israeli startup WeCharge has been working on a wireless charging solution that transmits energy with infrared light. Now, in theory, this should solve most of the problems with wireless power, which usually trades convenience for efficiency or vice versa. But the WeCharge solution plugs both holes. It doesn't require intimate contact, and it disperses power equally for all devices within range. And with that, it's my distinct pleasure to welcome the WeCharge Chief Marketing Officer, Yuval Boguer, and to the show. And, and Yuval, your solution really caught my eye. So let me start by asking, what inspired WeCharge to come up with this application? And, and not just wireless charging or over-the-air wireless powers. I know your company mentions eliminating wires, but using infrared light specifically. So, uh, Jason, thanks for having me today. Um, so when WeCharge started, the, the problem has been obvious, right? Everyone wants wireless power. Everyone wants to eliminate power cords or to eliminate battery replacements or sort of to get the best of both worlds, more power than more energy than batteries can provide without the mobility limitations of power cables. So when we sat down and we said, okay, uh, since you don't want to have a thunderstorm and just a pure electric discharge in the room, we have to find a technology that you can convert electricity to this phenomena, to this physical phenomena on one side of the room, transmit it safely through the air, and then convert it back to electricity on the other side. So we looked at all available options, including radio frequency, ultrasound, and of course infrared light. And we looked at a couple of things. We looked at um, how much power can we deliver safely, which means um, if we take a reasonable size transmitter, not a radio telescope dish, but something that you could comfortably fit in a, in a living room, uh, and if we take a reasonable size receiver, something that could fit in a phone, on a phone, how much energy can you deliver? Does that energy vary with distance? And can you do it while maintaining within or keeping within safety limits set by the government on how much um, energy you can send wirelessly? And it turns out that for a variety of reasons, infrared was by far the best technology both because um, it's natural light. I mean, we, when we walk outside, we're exposed to infrared light. About 50% of the sun's energy is infrared, so we're accustomed to it. Mm -hmm. Infrared travels in a straight line without becoming wider and wider, so you can get a lot of energy in a small receiver. And also the safety limits for infrared are much, much better than RF or ultrasound, and therefore that was the technology that we chose. Right, right. Now, um, I, I touched on, on this a bit in my intro, but what are, the, what are the drawbacks of traditional wireless charging? So when you look at the requirements, uh, oh, you, you mean traditional wireless charging like charging pads? Like, like charging pads, like traditional RF wireless charging uh, that, that don't use infrared light, in other words. Sure. So for charging pads, the problem is that the human is still in the charging loop. You have to take your phone, you have to gingerly place it on the charging pad, you have to align it. You usually cannot use it in terms of lifting it while it's still charging. 
And so you still have to be actively managing your, your battery. I don't know about you, but I've got so many things I need to manage in my <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis that managing the battery of my devices is, is probably the, the last thing I want to do. Um, right. RF charging sounds nice, but once you analyze it, you see a couple of things. You see that the, the things that make radio frequency great for radio broadcast, for radio stations, make it pretty bad for power transfer. If you have a radio station, you want the radio waves to go all over the place, to really, uh, uh, so everyone in your neighborhood can, can pick up a tiny amount of signal and then amplify it locally and, and hear your podcast when you're sending energy you want to do it in a very directed fashion both because of efficiency you want to make sure that the, uh, as much of the energy that you're sending as possible arrives at the receiver and also because of safety if you have a very wide beam and a very small receiver then what happens to the rest of the energy you're uh, essentially radiating you're exposing people or plants or pets or objects to unwanted radiation and so between the efficiency, the shape of the beam, and the safety profile, uh, we felt that uh, RF is good for tiny amounts of energy, microwatts. But when you look at what a phone needs, what a smart home device, what a good-sized IoT needs, we believe the only way to deliver it is through infrared light. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into the efficiency aspect later on, but in terms of your specific solution, how exactly do you use infrared light to transmit usable energy? So our transmitter um, wakes up, you know, you turn it on, it scans the room and finds white charge receivers. Uh, it does that through a special optical signature. Once a white charge receiver is found, a very thin directed focused beam of infrared light is sent from the transmitter to a small photovoltaic cell, a small solar cell, that's on the receiver and that gets converted back into electricity. Uh, uniquely, 100% of the energy that is sent from the transmitter reaches the receiver. Now that doesn't mean that 100% of the light gets converted into electricity because they're the photovoltaic cell is not perfect, but 0% reaches everything else. So it's a very directed, very focused, very precise pin-to-pin, -pin, uh, pinpoint delivery of uh, energy. Um, so that's how we do it. And then if someone steps into the beam, the beam stops immediately and then resumes once the obstruction uh, is, is gone. Right, and, and how much power are we talking about exactly, and how far can you transmit it? So today, if you look at our UL-approved product, we can deliver about 2 watts to the client device, so that's 2 watts of usable power, and we could do it at a distance of approximately 5 meters. Because the infrared beam is thin and tight and focused, the amount of power that you can get at one meter or two meter or three meter is really the same. It does not, unlike RF or ultrasound technology where the power decreases with the distance squared, uh, with infrared there's essentially no decrease in power when you increase the distance. 
Right, right. And and, and you'd mentioned this several times, but what what are your efficiencies like? So it's 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 a hundred percent of the power uh, gets sent, right? So if you look at the end-to-end efficiency, you can break the system into three parts. You can say, okay, I've got a transmitter on one side, and it converts electrical power into light. Uh, there's certainly a loss there. It's not perfect. Then you have the um, sending that light through uh, the air to a distance of several meters. For all practical purposes, that's about, that's about 100% efficiency. And then you've got a solar cell, a photovoltaic cell that converts it back. Uh, we have very high efficiency, but you know when you look at sort of world record territory for solar cells, then you're looking at you know 40, 50 percent uh, efficiencies. So to, the end-to-end efficiency uh, right now is you know is double digit, so it's uh, much better than an incandescent light bulb, but. Uh, uh, but not in the uh, 50, 70, 90 percent. Right, right. Now, what what sort of applications are, are, are you targeting, at least initially, for, for your technology? I mean, there's the obvious consumer applications, but, you know, let's, let's think bigger and, and scale up if necessary. What other applications do you think this could be a good fit for? So the holy grail of wireless power is phone charging. Right? So if you, instead of having to connect the cable or instead of having to place your phone on a charging pad, you just come home, you know, put the phone on a kitchen counter and it would charge and then you know, later on you're watching a little bit of TV and the phone is next to you and then it's charging and it gets to the point where you don't think about how energy gets to the phone, it just gets there. It's, it's a little bit like email. You know, once upon a time you had to connect a cable to a modem and dial up to the internet to fetch your email, and now it sort of magically arrives to your phone. So we envision energy magically or semi-magically uh, arriving to your phone this way. Uh, so that's sort of the uh, obvious sort of holy grail of wireless charging. The, the issue with that is that it would take some time not so much to develop the technology. We have the technology. We demonstrate phone charging today in a, in a safe, UL-approved fashion. But if you want to be able to charge your phone anywhere wirelessly, then you need something on the phone to capture the energy. And then you need a wide deployment of transmitters and airports and coffee shops and so on. And that might take time. So in the interim, we're looking a lot at smart home applications. We've demonstrated uh, smart locks. Um, you can think about security cameras. You can think about wireless speakers. You can think about all these small devices that maybe have batteries. And the batteries are generating two sources of pain. One, you've got to replace them. Uh, and that's inconvenient. And you know, over time, it's expensive, and it's also not a very green solution to keep disposing of these batteries. The second problem is with batteries is that device manufacturers are taking great pains to minimize the battery replacements, to lower the power consumption. And as a result, they leave a lot of really interesting features out of their product. So for instance, if you have a smart lock on your door, you might say, well, I, I wanted to have a camera. I wanted to have two-way audio. I want to be able to upload images to the cloud. I wanted to do face recognition. These are all great features, but they require power. 
and you can't really deliver that level of power with batteries without having to ask the user to replace them every few days. So we see a lot of opportunities in the smart home and the home security to both eliminate battery replacement and enable the next level of functionality. Uh, similarly, you can think about industrial IoT applications. You can th think about phone charging in specific places. We've got a solution that um, bridges between our technology and the current Qi charging, um, inductive charging, which you could deploy in a coffee shop or in a hotel. Um, but I would say smart home is, is really one of our key areas of focus today. Well, very cool. Thanks for all the great information, Yuval. As a quick reminder to our audience, the PSD cast is now available on iTunes, and the link is in the description. And also, be sure to check out our June print issue where our profile WeCharge's unique wireless solution. Uh, Yuval, on behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time, and to our audience, thanks for tuning in.